Father, thank you that you're here. Holy Spirit, thank you that you're here. Thank you for this time that we're living in, that you're pouring yourself out and it's being manifested in so many ways. We pray you would just fill us with courage and strength and power. We pray you'd open up the word of God to us and you'd fill us with clarity and boldness in Jesus' name, amen. So, um, well, we're, we've been in this series on the Holy Spirit, and I want to continue, but I was kind of torn because I realized on Tuesday, you know, it's the 274th, 247th, I'm dyslexic, not, but I'm healed instantly, okay, 247th anniversary of the Declaration of Independence, that's for all the word of faith sticklers that I shouldn't say anything that's funny, okay, the, uh, so... But, you know, I mean, that is significant. And, I, and so I was torn. I said, God, I, you know, how am I going to do this? So the message is called The Holy Spirit and America the Beautiful. So, so here's, here's where it's coming from. I mean, last Saturday, June 24th, was the one-year anniversary of the Dobbs decision, which, you know, evacuated the Roe v. Wade ruling a disaster of 1973. And so, you know, once again, we just celebrate life. We celebrate the hundreds of thousands of babies whose lives have been spared in the last year by that. And so it, it, it changed it that it was no longer a national, nationally protected right to kill babies, but it, it, it boils down now to state by state. And a, a number of states have passed very strong pro-life laws and uh, and then, and Pennsylvania has not been one of those due to the last election, and we have a pro-abortion governor, and I hope you didn't vote for him. But if you did, I still love you in Jesus' name. But, um, which, but we're going to change that. You know, we are going to change that because the, the body of Christ, we are bringing the victory of Jesus into our culture and society. And so... Um, and then, as I said, Tuesday is the anniversary. It's the 4th of July, the birthday of our country. And so what does this have to do with the Holy Spirit? Well, I'm glad you asked, even though you didn't say it out loud. The Holy Spirit, you know, the creed, the Nicene Creed says that the, the Spirit is the Lord and the giver of life. And so it has to do with life, that, that the Holy Spirit is the giver of life. He is God, and he is the giver of life. But... John 6, 63, Jesus said, it's the spirit who gives life. The flesh is at no help at all. It, you, like we can't solve our problems by human effort. It, all our problems come, are solved, and life is released by the Holy Spirit. He brings all the solutions. But really, he, I mean, he gives life. <laughs> Thank you. You know, and so, um, and Jesus said, the words that I speak are spirit and life. Uh, John 16, 13, he said, when the spirit of truth comes, and so the spirit, the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. He, he reveals what's real and what's not. You know, truth in reality, it's the same. <laughs> and uh, the, uh, so when the, truth, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. Notice it says he, it doesn't say it. Holy Spirit is a person. And um, 
then we run to John 8, 32, it, the truth sets us free. We, I mean, these are just familiar things. But so the, the Holy Spirit is the one who comes and provides the, and, and releases the salvation that we received in Jesus. So we need the Holy Spirit. <laughs> we need the Holy Spirit to empower and activate the, the implications of the new birth. Um, and the great thing is the Holy Spirit's been moving, and I think what happened in that reversal of Roe v. Wade actually opened a door for the Spirit moving in America, which I'm going to illustrate soon. But the, the, um, Jesus talked about the Holy Spirit and said, I'm going to ask the Father, and he will give you another helper. And that's that sometimes it's translated comforter, the, it, but it, I mean, it translates the concept of that God is our helper, you know, God is our, our eighzer. Uh, Adam needed an eighzer, and so God, God formed Eve from Adam, and he recognized now we're ready to fulfill the image of God, you know, now we're ready to bring forth uh, what the blessing of God in the earth. And so in the same way, we need the Holy Spirit to come and activate us so that the fruit that comes out of our life remains. And uh, okay, and so 17, this is John 14, 15. Jesus said, I'll give you another helper he, to be with you forever. So Jesus said he was going away, but the Holy Spirit's never going away. He's the spirit of truth that the world cannot receive and here's what he said about him in John 14, 17. You know him, the world doesn't know him and cannot receive him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you, which makes you and me temples of the Holy Spirit. He dwells with us, like among us, but he dwells in each one of us individually, which is as close as we can be to being what Jesus was. Jesus was human and he was God. We're not, we're, we're not God, we're human, but we're indwelt by God. We live in God and God lives in us. Is that wild? I mean, I don't think we, if we understood this and we fully believe it, we cannot live as mere humans. <laughs> because it, you are the children of God. Hmm. I'll let that sink in. It takes about 50 years or more. I don't know if it's fully sunk in yet for me. But the, uh, and here's the thing. It, it's actually better for us to have the Holy Spirit than it would have been for us to be one of the chosen <laughs> walking with Jesus. Because when he was leaving at the Last Supper, John 16, 17, he said, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It means this is real. It's to your advantage that I go away. If I do not go away, the helper will not come. But if I go, I will send him to you, and he has sent him to us. And when he comes, he will convict the world of sin and righteousness and judgment. And he goes on there. And so he said, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. He will be with you, and he will be in you. You won't just be with Jesus God will be in you, and on top of that, the Holy Spirit comes, and he's like heaven's district attorney. He will convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. He brings us to conviction so he can set us free. 
and, he, and on and on and on. And he will convict concerning righteousness because God is with the Father, and so there's no longer the example of Jesus of a totally righteous man. So the Holy Spirit convicts the world of righteousness by making you righteous. <laughs> Just saying you know, that when they see you, they see Jesus. Or that might be all the Jesus they see. And concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged, and so the Holy Spirit comes so that through us, the judgment on evil is enforced. Just saying. Okay, and I have many more things to tell you. You cannot bear them, but when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. So actually, you have potential for more revelation and more understanding than the chosen apostles who walked with Jesus. Is that crazy? Oh, God, to whom much is given, much is required. Can you, like, just how many want God to open your heart and open your mind? So this is what, I mean, this is life if we get this. So this is the Holy Spirit and America the beautiful. But I want to tell you that when, I think when the Supreme Court uh, reversed Roe v. Wade, it opened the door for a blessing to be poured out on America. And we're seeing an outpouring. All this is, is in the you know, foreknowledge and sovereignty of God in ways that I don't understand. But I mean, beginning right after, the same week as Roe v. Wade was overturned, the Kennedy versus Bremerton case was decided, which Joe Kennedy, who, you know, he was an 18-year Marine veteran. He had been a, a very beloved high school teacher and football coach in Bremerton, Washington, right up near the Canadian line and for years, and he made a practice. He shared the gospel wherever he went. He would pray before the football games and after the football games, get down on his knee on 50-yard line and pray. And so somebody on the school board didn't like it. The school administration told him to stop, and he just thought about it. He wasn't trying to be mean. He just said, you know what? I don't think that's right. I, I want to give glory to God. This is like a Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego moment. When the powers that be threaten your livelihood, you have, you know, there's a decision you make. And so, so the Supreme Court overturned that, and when they overturned that, it I mean, it basically evacuated over 7,000 court rulings that have been passed since, the, um, since 1977. It overturned something that gets referred to as the Lemon Rule. And that was based on a case that actually happened right here in Pennsylvania in 1977. The, the Supreme Court ruled, yeah, you know, we don't want all this religious stuff in schools. And so there's, there's been this confusion about what you can do because the ruling said that just because um, Coach Kennedy, Joe Kennedy, worked for the school didn't mean that everything he did was government speech. And so he was free to express his own convictions. So now, because of that, all these 7,000 cases have been evacuated, and I'm telling you, your public high school can have a nativity scene in its lobby. Your public high school can have the Ten Commandments on the walls of every classroom. They may not want them, but they can have them, and there's no law against them. And every school in America can have a chaplain. I mean, all these things that people thought we couldn't do, that we thought we couldn't sing Christian songs in school, and thank God for all the schools that have ignored the government, you know, those, that kind of thinking and have done stuff that's good and godly anyway. But I'm just telling you, like, we don't know how free we are. 
So I'm here to tell you, you're more free than you know. And so, I mean, that happened in June 2022. It's the, it's the Spirit of God being poured out. The, the Asbury, February of this year, Asbury College, you know, like, like the Spirit got poured out in this chapel at this Methodist or Wesleyan, Wesleyan Seminary in Kentucky, and this little tiny town of 600 people, for a number of weeks it was poured out. It was for the students, you know, as many people came as they could, but they really gave preference to the students, and in the, the weekend, a couple weeks, three weeks, that this continued night and day, night and day, over 30,000 visitors came, and campuses all across the U.S. started having similar meetings. In April, in Norman, Oklahoma, thir- more than 30,000 students came to the stadium there at, at the university and they, ha- they had to fill the stadium event and they came just to worship the Lord and to preach the gospel and many gave their lives to the Lord. I mean, right now in the United States, just so you know, that there's a lot of uh, university students that are not, they're not all woke, they're not all brainwashed, hallelujah. Their brains are getting washed by the Holy Spirit, I'll tell you that. And I mean, Turning Point USA, which is pretty you know, clear on what they're after. They're after a biblical faith and a free America. They have over 600,000 student activists that have been signed up in, in campuses today. That's a pretty good, don't you think that's a pretty good remnant out there? And they have 3,000 campus chapters, you know, despite the fact that they're not welcome on every campus. They had uh, over 11,000 students come to their America Fest in Phoenix, Arizona. That was in December 2022, but this is all since that, that Dobbs decision. God is moving. And now, uh, Turning Point USA, I mean, here's, you know, Charlie Kirk is not even 30, and they have this pastor's summit in Nashville. I went in May, and uh, there were over 1,100 pastors there, and all these amazing speakers, David Barton, an amazing historian, and others, 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 I, too many names to mention, but like literally... Each speaker would speak about 15 or 20 minutes. It was like drinking from a fire hose. Then they would have another amazing world-class expert get up and be articulate. They had, you know, one of the, the top, uh, like, UFC fighters in the world. I mean, he has the most watched UFC video. I forget his name, but he's, he's a passionate, born-again Christian with a wife and family. And I mean, isn't that something like, really? You can be a Christian and be a, a world champion at UFC fighter? And he's just, and they're just talking about their faith, not about how they, they are, you know, like that they're the tough guys. The head, the head, the family that owns the In-N-Out Burgers, which I, they don't have around here, but they will one day, you know, and how they, they stood up against the California government and didn't follow the mandates and, and just, they said, we're not gonna do this to our 32,000 employees and just on and on and on. I mean, and then all the young, all the young Christian, um, Christian legislators that are being elected at state and national level. Anna Polina from the Rio Grande Valley, youngest Latina legislature ever elected, or one of the youngest, first woman in a district that has never done that. What, I mean, what's her, her she's a born again Christian. Her husband works for, for the border service, you know, the, the, I mean, just on and on and on. 
I, I love Senator Josh Hawley. Someday he might come and preach here. He's the youngest senator in the U.S. Senator. He loves Jesus. He's a fiery preacher, and he's a lot of fun. If he comes, he'll probably wear a T-shirt and cowboy boots, you know, just at least that's what I've seen him in in other churches. <laughs> but, uh, so, um, and then, you know, in Vermont, a coach was fired and his daughter expelled from, their middle, from her middle school for confronting a transgender boy in the girls' locker room. I mean, this is a boy who thought he was a girl. I, I, when you say transgender boy, you might think, well, that's good that the transgender boy was in the girls' locker room. But this was a biological boy in the girls' locker room who thought he was a girl. And, the court, and so he gets fired and his daughter gets expelled in Vermont, and now the, the court awarded, and they fought it. They said, wait, this is an infringement on our, our right, our conscience, our right, and so they, they argued the case in court the way the school district handled it, and, did, and the, the school district had to pay them $124,000, and the coach was reinstated, as was his daughter. Now, you know, you think like, well, that's, I mean, you know, that is good, isn't it? But why it's good is because it sets a precedence. See, it's like, well, that's just one person. No, but I'm telling you, like, all school districts all across America go like, hmm, we could get in a lot of trouble here. This happened just recently in Massachusetts. Uh, a high school football coach, uh, I forget the name of the little town, and found, you know, his daughter was in a middle school, and she had a class that was world geography and ancient history, but unknown to the parents, even though it was still called world geography and ancient history, it had changed to a social studies class, and they were being taught critical race theory, and so his daughter's coming home, and like, she's all confused and talking to all this Marxist hate police speech, you know, and, and the parents are like, this is messed up, we don't, so they said, we'd like our daughter removed from this, because this, this isn't what we believe. And they said, that's not an option. And so they, I mean, they were being peaceful about it. They thought, well, okay, if it's not an option, then we'll take her out of the school and enroll her in a different school. So they did that. Seems like, okay, that's pretty peaceful. But a month later, he gets fired. Uh, yeah, and this is really interesting. He was also a Marine veteran, you know, had served the Marines. He'd been the football coach for 10 years. And, uh, and they just fired him with no explanation. You're fired. So they just fought it and were awarded a huge thing and the superintendent wrote a huge, very specific apology letter to him saying, yes, we should let the parents know when we make changes and, and you're right, we think that some of this material probably shouldn't be taught. I mean, is that significant? And then we have the Jesus Revolution movie. I talked about the other movies, but I mean, it was made, pretty low budget, made for $15 million and it, and it was, uh, you know, Covered like the 1969, 1968, 970—maybe it. What happened in Orange County, California? It's really the life story of Greg Laurie, but it—it's much more than that. It shows the beginning of the Jesus movement, and Ann and I watched it because we knew some of the people in it, not not the actors, but the <laughs> the people that were in that story. And it's pretty much our story. We, we were saved out of that, but it's like, the, we watched it over and over, wept and wept and wept, but the amazing thing, it grossed over $50 million, and now it's available on cable, and you can buy DVDs, so you can give it as gifts, you can invite people over to your house, have watch parties, and introduce people to the, because that movie carries the presence and grace of God on it. Like my grandchildren watching, they're like, wow, we had no idea, you know, and, and they weren't watching it with us, and even our daughter calls us up and said, now I, like, tell me more, because one of the characters, Lonnie Frisbee, 
in it was, was a catalyst and maybe the catalyst for the whole movement used to come to our house and we would go spend, she'd say, tell me more about Lonnie, you know, because I just remember him as a little kid. And uh, anyway, so these are significant. Like there's material out there, like we're not losing. You would think you're losing. If you just get all your news from the news cycle, you'd think you're losing. Last night, like, you know, I remember on Mother's Day, Ann spoke and she was saying, I think what's gonna happen, people are gonna start having like, cell phone miracles, you know, like God's just gonna speak to you from, you'll look at your screen, there'll be something there. This actually happened to me last night. I'm getting ready for bed. I'm trying to go to bed because it's like, I'm gonna preach on Sunday morning. And I, and I look at my phone and there's a YouTube thing there and I never watch YouTube. I mean, you know, like I've, I know what YouTube is and I see things, but I'm not a YouTube junkie at all. I have no idea why it was there. And it was Sean Bowles. Like, and Sean Bowles, our friend, if you don't know who he is, he's, he's a wild and pretty fun, creative, prophetic guy. He's probably, probably in his late 40s now, I would guess. But he, he has a church in Los Angeles targeting the creative, the film industry called E57, et cetera. And, and, but Sean was saying, look, I want to tell, say something here. And I watched it because I said, it's only five minutes. I should watch this. Maybe it's God talking to me. You know? He said, I just want to say a phenomenon that's happening in Los Angeles. And it's not just at our church. It's in any named, you know, four or five churches in the area, including Bel Air Presbyterian, which is so interesting. That's like uh, where Pat Boone and his wife and family went to church and and he said, there are all these home Bible studies popping up and all these actors, young actors, screenwriters, and, and some A-list actors who are just attending the Bible study. And they don't want to, he said, I'm not going to name any names because some of them will want to tell their own story. But they are having encounters with God and they're saying, we don't care what the industry thinks about us. We're not going to do these parts. We're not going to write these scripts. And we don't care if we get Oscars or not, but we're, we're going to follow Jesus because their lives have been changed. This is significant. Like this is, you understand, God is answering prayers. And I have a feeling that some of this is connected to that, that Dobbs decision. Like, you know, the America basically officially kicked God out of America. 1960, uh, 62 or three, you know, the Engel versus Vital kick, you know, d made prayer in, in public schools illegal. And a couple of years later, a different, another case in the Supreme Court got Bibles kicked out as curriculum in the public schools because the Bible was taught as curriculum in Maryland state schools. And, and so now, and then Roe v. Wade said, we're gonna, you know, we just think that no one should be able to stop. If someone wants to kill their baby, they should be able to. And I don't say that to hurt anybody's feelings. I know online and I know in this audience there are people that had abortions because that was just part, we were fallen. You know, and the amazing thing is we're forgiven. <laughs> and we bear it no more. Like we are totally forgiven. And even though we, we may, you know, etern not, we won't eternally regret anything, but we may for our lifetime have a memory that's painful that we regret. But we just have to know that, that we're not bearing that anymore. He's removed it as far as the east is from the west. 
This is called grace. You know, we get what he earned. And so I just say, God, thank you. The Americans are waking and the Americans are emphatically rejecting the LGBT plus, plus, plus agenda. And a recent Gallup poll showed that the majority feel like the idea of changing a gender medically, biologically is morally wrong, that only two genders exist, that women should not be forced to compete unfairly against biological men in sports. Thank you. And so, I mean, so the NCAA hasn't caught up with this yet, ESPN hasn't caught up with this yet, but they will. Hey, how about Major League Baseball? They said, we're not gonna make our, our players wear pride jerseys. And then the National Hockey League followed suit and said, we're not gonna do it either. Like these are, like what this is, I mean, the, Jesus was a friend of sinners. He loves every confused person of every stripe. But we will not as a nation celebrate perversity like it's something to be, you know, like, yay, we should all celebrate this. So we're not gonna celebrate, you know. I mean, just in the last year, over 500 pieces of legislation are moving forward nationwide to, to move against the surgical mutilation of minors, lewd performances by drag queens in libraries and schools, distribution of destructive material, indoctrinating CRT stuff and other horrible stuff, and, uh, and the basic sexualization of little children, which is all the enemy's plans, not God's. Don't you want your children to be innocent? <laughs> you know, like, so, I mean, how about this? And then all these young legislators being elected, Florida passed the Protect Our Children, Protect Our Kids Law, which was passed by the whole legislature, signed into law by, the, by Governor DeSantis, and then it, you know, it, it, gets, uh, it created quite a firestorm. How do you like this? You know, I mean, just the, um, we don't usually talk about beer at church, but I'm gonna talk about the whole Bud Light thing. You know, one TikTok post one TikTok post has sent Bud, Budweiser into a corporate tailspin. Now, I mean, I read this article where this guy, he's like, you know, top corporate advisor, serves on a lot of boards and stuff, and he lectures in business schools, you know, grad, like MBA courses, and he says, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell this whole Bud Light story in my courses because he said, basically, it takes 20 years to establish a, a brand of beer as like known and recognized popular. Like, and there's, they spend hundred the breweries spend hundreds of millions of dollars advertising. So Bud, you know, they've had those horses forever. You know, they should have stuck with the horses. You know, the, everybody likes the horses, you know. It's like, yes, you know. But, but in, in one TikTok post, I mean, they've lost, they've lost like, 24%, 25% of their value, this is billions of dollars, and, and most people think they'll never get their market share back, because it just was like, wait, we're done. I mean, is that good? I mean, these are like, this is the Holy Spirit moving convicting. This is like the DA from heaven prosecuting, like, okay, you're going too far here. I don't know why they picked that one, but uh, you know, and then how about just in the last week, uh, Gerald Groff, postal carrier, right over in Holtwood, Lancaster County, uh, just you know, on Thursday, June 29th, the Supreme Court ruled that he lost his job because he didn't want to be a postal carrier on Sunday, which they weren't when he was hired, but then the Postal Service 
contracted with Amazon. They said, no, we want the deliveries on Sundays, so sometimes you have to work. He says, I don't wanna work on Sundays. It's against my religion. Then you're fired. Anyway, so they can't do that anymore. The Supreme Court ruled that on Friday, June 30th, 303 Creative Case. 303 Creative is a Colorado website uh, development company, graphic design company run by Christians. I think it's a Christian woman who's the, the president of it. And, uh, and Colorado was prosecuting her because she refused to do websites that were offensive to her religion. Now, Colorado's been kind of a hotbed. You know, the, the baker, the master's, master's touch bakery, he's, he's been harassed and persecuted, and he said, I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm following Jesus, you know? And so, anyway, 303 Creative, it ended up going to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court ruled that, that part of the freedom of speech is you cannot be forced to say things that you don't wanna say. Isn't that good? I mean, that's like the end of dictatorship. <laughs> hey, okay. So, I'm sorry, I've, I just think... There's never been a time when so much evil is being uncovered and exposed by God, and that's the first step in removing it. And so America's waking up to the depravity that has invaded our land, the evil that has entrenched itself in government, education, and the media. And the Holy Spirit is releasing his prosecutorial evidence daily. I just love it. And so, and we, the church is waking up realizing that we've allowed this through passivity and complacency, so we're not gonna do it anymore, right? (laughs) So I I know if I said, hey, raise your hand if you've been passive and complacent, but you'd be too passive to raise your hand. So I'm gonna say, everybody stand up. (laughs) All right. Say, Holy Spirit, would you come upon us and wake us up? Would you come upon us and point out passivity, convict us where we're being complacent, where we're thinking like, well, that's not my problem. God, would you just wake us up and cause us to shine every place we are in Jesus' name. Fill us, empower us, cause us to love with joy and power and wisdom. Give us words to say that are loving and kind to sinners, but give us the wisdom to turn the tables, change the narrative, and bring truth into America the beautiful. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay. This always happens in the second service. Sit down, please. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll try to only keep you about six more minutes, so we'll see how I do. Help me, Jesus. So, but I do wanna talk about what is it that makes America beautiful is God, and, and that when America was founded, it was founded based on a biblical worldview, and it, you know, this absolutely unique uh, you know, <laughs> situation of all the right people at the right time, and their right thinking, and and they weren't perfect, but they had an insight into the kingdom of God. And so when they gathered, I mean, the, the Revolutionary War had been brewing for a number of years. It really started 1775 with the attack on Concord, Paul Revere's ride, and Lexington Green, and all that. Those were the opening shots, the Tea Party in Boston. These were, it was, it was beginning, but, but they gathered, representatives from all 13 colonies gathered in 1776 and they penned and um, the, the Constitution 
or not the Constitution, that was 1787, 1767, which we mark as a birthday of our nation because it was the birth of an articulation of a concept of life and a nation and a government unlike anything in the world. And there's all these roots. You know, William Penn of Pennsylvania had so much, even though he didn't live here very long, and he's, he's, his name, you know, we're his namesake. They, they, I mean, he conceived of much of this, as did others in Plymouth Colony and other places. But, but when they gathered in Philadelphia in Founders Hall, they came out with these words. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men are created equal, which means no classes, no distinctions. All human beings bear the image of God from conception to natural death. They are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. As long as you're human, God has given you these rights. Among these, but not limited to, isn't written, but implied, are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Pursuit of happiness is the blessed life. It's the abundant life Jesus talked about. And that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, and this is what's revolutionary, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. This is mind-boggling. This is why you're a citizen and not a subject of the government. You're a citizen of the United States. And that it's a government of, by, and for the people. That you don't belong to the government and your children don't belong to the government. That your rights aren't granted to you and taken away by the government. But the government derives its powers from your consent. Isn't that wild? Like, we should actually do this. So, um, and so America's unique experiment, you know, and it's been unique in the history of the world. And so let's talk about life. Human life is sacred. Je from the womb, Jesus was worshiped in the womb. Luke chapter one. That, that's an, there's a, a, and so the, a biblical worldview creates a life culture. Nietzsche and kind of modern, postmodern thinking creates a death culture. And uh, Darwin, Freud, and Marx were the three dark writers of the 19th century whose ideas have done a lot to damage and destroy what was basically a Christian worldview. Not perfect at all. That's why the virus Get, keeps getting repeated, but we celebrate, we have a life culture, we celebrate the goodness of God, and we understand that we are here because of those who've prayed through the ages, and I'm so thankful, you know, just, I mean, that, you know, that life is, will win in America, but I, I want to get to this point, that all hum, human life is equal in dignity and value. The image of God is in every person, regardless of race, creed, or gender. God created equality implies the same protection, same penalties, no arbitrary distinctions of class, race, or any other factor, which is why we don't want to create protected groups. We want to 
say, no, we're, all, we're bearing the image of God and we will reap what we sow. I, it's, it's just pretty stunning. And so this is, this is part of what sets America apart in concept from every other, and that, I mean, you know, the gospel is the word of life, 1 John chapter 1, that we proclaim this word of life. But then liberty, life, liberty is a gift from God. Jesus said, if you abide in my word, you'll know the truth. The truth will set you free. And if the sun sets you free, you'll be free indeed. And 2 Corinthians 3.17 says that the Lord is the Spirit. That means the Holy Spirit is God. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. There's liberty. And so the, the America is an idea system. It wasn't it, you know, it's not a geography. The amazing thing about America is an immigrant can come to America and two generations later, their children are Americans. It's not an ethnic and it's not a geographic reality. It's like, this is why America is a light on the hill. Still, I mean, it's really in trouble these years, but it's gonna change. Don't get discouraged, shine. Uh, you know, but it was founded on the value of liberty. The United States was, Ameri was the world's first free country. It was a sign and a wonder to the old countries in Europe thought, oh, it won't last. And it has inspired other countries. It has most inspired other countries to be free. And it's been free the longest, 274, is that right? Or 47 years. Help me, Jesus. Okay. It's been free the longest. Our Constitution is the longest-lived Constitution, except I think the Constitution of Iceland, but is much older. But um, it has most protected other free countries. It has most spread freedom to other countries, and that's because it founded on liberty is is the the founding value, and in our own nation. We, I mean, these guys weren't perfect. They didn't know how to solve the problem of slavery. They knew it was a problem. I mean, they made statements like, I would do anything to end this. But, but they didn't for one reason or another. It, you know, like we can look at them and judge them, but maybe we, we don't understand all the dynamics of their own life. But we, this as a nation, we fought a tragic and the most bloody war in our history with our own sons against our own sons to end slavery. 300,000 died, and there's so much there. This blew the minds of people in Europe. I mean, they were just like, what, what? They would do that? They would do that? Like, what? And uh, this is the power of literature, movies, books, people, abolitionists giving their lives. And this, it was so moving that it inspired the Statue of Liberty as a gift from the people of France to the American people, and it, which was designed by Mr. Eiffel, you know, Monsieur Eiffel, who later designed the Eiffel Tower. But before he designed the Eiffel Tower, he designed the Statue of Liberty, and actually the French felt bad and said, well, what are you going to do for us? <laughs> so that, thus the Eiffel Tower. But, but, you know, the Eiffel Tower, this... Statue of Liberty was funded by school children. They took up collections all over France in schools. 
It was so moving to them. 181 different small municipalities gave donations that provided this statue that was shipped to America as a gift to honor the sacrifice of the Civil War. And what America, like, they put their money where their mouth was. It, obviously, it wasn't solved. But thank God, you know, in, it's been being solved. I, I don't have time to go into Martin Luther King and the whole civil rights movement and all that it has taken to get us as far as we are, and we're not all the way there yet. But no other country has exemplified liberty as America has. It's a gift and a calling. Galatians 5.1 says, it's for freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. And of course, that, we take that personally, but we also need to apply it nationally as a people. For you were called to freedom, brothers, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity to the flesh, which is our great national sin, but through love serve. Do you know that America's the most generous nation in the world in terms of foreign aid? You know, last year, America gave $70 billion in, in aid to other countries. You want to hear something even more amazing? That, that churches and other nonprofits in America gave $44 billion uh, through donations that got, went to other countries. Like, so don't give up on America yet, okay? Everybody say, God's mad at America. Well, he's, he's not pleased with some things in America, and neither are you, but we're praying for that. More people from more countries have immigrated to America in order to be free than to the rest of the world's countries put together. More Africans have immigrated to the United States, black Africans, in case you're thinking they're South Africans, you know. Okay. More black Africans have immigrated to the United States voluntarily looking for freedom and opportunity than came to the United States involuntarily as slaves. So that... I mean, that doesn't take away the slavery problem, but you just want to know, like, okay, is this really a systemic racist country? Do you know that uh, the New York Times, it, it's just about a, a five or 10-year-old statistic, but in that period around 2010 or so, 2015, the most successful recent immigrant groups in America were from Ghana and Nigeria. <laughs> That's just like mind-boggling. Most economically, socially thriving, let's go for it. No country has ever felt the obligation to spread liberty elsewhere, as has America. Liberty is an American idea that animated Americans to fight for the liberation of world, Europe in World War II and the Pacific, to fly food to West Berlin to break the Soviet blockade in the late 40s, to give their lives to keep half the Korean Peninsula from falling under communist totalitarians, to give their lives to keep half of Vietnam from falling under communist totalitarians, and which it, it worked, but the follow-up was it was a political decision not to continue to aid the South Vietnamese government. The elections that year changed everything and South Saigon fell. It's now Ho Chi Minh City. To intervene on behalf of Muslims, Kosovos, Kurds, Afghans, and other suffering minority people around the world. I love the words of John F. Kennedy in his inaugural address, 1961. You, could be, you can stand up, it gives you hope that I'm almost done here, okay. Let every nation know, whether it wishes us well or ill, that we shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe, in order to assure the survival and success 
of liberty. And I just want to say, America is not a nation that bends to the arc of history. America is a nation that bent the arc of history away from the inevitable destruction that always comes when we pursue what humans consider justice. Because without God changing our hearts, there's no justice. It's always self-serving. Liberty means that we have religious freedom, we have freedom of assembly, and uh, we, w we won't do that COVID thing again, I'll tell you that. The, uh, we have freedom of speech and freedom from forced speech. We have economic freedom, freedom of the press, freedom from the state. And God help us be a place of opportunity, a place where children and families are free, where the pursuit of happiness is normal. So God, I just, I wanna pray and then I'm gonna ask you to pray with me at the end. Holy Spirit, clothe us in power, lead us into truth, reveal eternal life, and the total victory of Jesus over every other authority. Father, you're great and greatly to be praised. You're all-powerful, almighty, all-knowing, all-wise, ever-present. You're good always. You are redeemer, restorer, reformer, eternal, pure, holy, righteous, kind, loving, long-suffering, merciful, and patient. Your ways are good, and they are successful. Your word is forever settled in heaven and will never pass away, filled with life and truth, and all your promises are yes. You kicked evil out of heaven, and you judged it on earth through the cross. And as your church, your your called out assembly, your ecclesia, we've been delegated authority to enforce this victory uh, this, and release freedom wherever we go. And we accept this privilege and responsibility in Jesus' name. Now, would you, you have it in you to have a little declaration here. I want you to repeat after me. We boldly declare that America shall be saved. We boldly declare that America shall be saved. And the greatest harvest in all history is coming to the earth. And the greatest harvest in his history is coming to the earth. This will not be stopped. This will not be stopped. Amen. Amen, God. Amen. So may the Lord bless you, keep you, fill you. May his face shine upon you. May the grace of God fill your life. Just know that you're blessed 24 hours a day, 60 minutes every hour, 60 seconds every minute, that you're blessed with every spiritual blessing and the peace of God, the shalom of heaven is on your life. Amen, amen, amen. amen.